0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. We come to God sometimes and we have our routines already in place and all of a sudden God comes in and he just tries to rearrange some things and it's hard for us to allow our routines to be broken and stop and give God a little time in our life but God says listen to me there has to be a higher priority than your agenda. The problem we're trying to fix things and we got it all upside down well if I can just get to this if I can just acquire this if I can just make this amount of money or have this job it'll bring the satisfaction I'll be able to get the new home only to find that when we get there my father used to say I thought that I needed things I thought that I had to have these things only to find out and realize that I didn't have them they had me Bible today. We're going to get right into the lesson. Um have got about 35 minutes or so here. And uh, this is something that's kind of been on my heart for just a, a few weeks and, and God really impressed it upon me uh, yesterday to, to kind of go in this direction. Um, I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 if you'd like to stand. It's a very interesting portion of Scripture that I have chosen uh, this morning. Um, part of it, uh, most of it probably, you will uh, be slightly familiar with. But Jesus is talking here, Matthew's recording it, and this is what he says in verse 24 of chapter 6 No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is not... Um, uh, what they're talking about here, mammon is is a worldly desire for material things where you just sell yourself out. Uh, the one who dies with the most toys wins kind of mentality. It's not doesn't mean that you can't make a living, that you can't earn money, that you shouldn't take care of your family. The Lord lets us know that we are to do those things. But it just says... That we have to have our ultimate loyalty to God. Therefore, I say Do you take no thought for your life, for what you shall eat, or what you'll drink, nor yet for your body, what you'll put on? Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not much better than they? Amen. The Lord looks at you as his ultimate creation. If he takes care of the fowl of the air, he'll definitely take care of you. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Somebody say, God knows my needs. He knows my needs. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. My key text today, key verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. All right. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. I want to teach... Uh, on the lesson I've simply entitled Priorities. Priorities. I want us to try to understand by the end of this lesson how important it is for us to put God at the top of our priority list. We quote uh, verse 33 often. Uh, it's something that you've heard preachers, teachers uh, from a very young age talk about this verse, and we quote it to remind ourselves that God must come first in everything. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. We typically quote this to try to get people to understand that when you put God first that there are some principles that He follows, that He is then allowed to bless you with. There's some things that God can then do in your life and for your life that He could otherwise not do if you're not putting Him in His rightful place in your life. He makes it very clear uh, that He is a God of priorities, that uh, you know, He, he doesn't always uh, allow us to do things however we choose to do. As a matter of fact, you'll find several places in the Bible where uh, the Hebrew people would find themselves in spiritual darkness, and a lot of times when you read along those lines, it'll say, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. You see, there are uh, some things that we get messed up with sometimes. Even the, the scripture that we read today talked about the Gentiles having a different mindset than the people that Jesus was speaking to here. He said, you know, they, they go after uh, stockpiling. They go after the, the, the nice things. They go after material things. They put great emphasis on wealth and, and security in this world. But he says, your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. The thing that you need to understand and realize is that God must come first. He must be the ultimate priority. He must be the one that comes before all others and before all other things. So with that being said and that being understood this morning, then why is it that we have such a hard time keeping God at the top of our priority list? As human beings, I'm not talking about you. That's maybe sitting here on the pew. Obviously, uh, God has a place in your life. You're here this morning, listening to the word of the Lord. You're going to worship God. You're, you know, there. God has a place, but but God doesn't want just a place in your life. He wants to be the place in your life. He wants to be the priority in our life. How is it that people can fall away from the beautiful life that God wants them to have and end up in a total depravity? I'll tell you how it is. Is people can come in and experience the same experience that you and I have felt. They can come down to an altar and they can uh, repent of their sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it feels so wonderful, they can walk out of a service knowing that God has touched their life and, and falling in love with Him and, and being in love with Him. But somewhere along the line, there are always choices that we make as human beings of where we are going to put God in our life. Will He be a priority? Will be, He be the priority? You can go right down the street here and talk to a financial guy, a financial planner. I've sat with him and talked with them before. I have an interest in um, eating after I retire. That's... I'd kind of like to be able to live in something besides a cardboard box, you know. Uh, I want my family to, to be taken care of. I don't want to be uh, in a place where, where I uh, am worried and stressed out, you know. Uh, all the time, I want to to have a certain amount of security, and and, and as I sat with him that day, uh, he uh, very plainly told me it's all about priorities. Yes. You know, uh, you can you can either spend your money uh, right now, and you can put it in things that that by the time you retire uh, won't be you won't even have them anymore, or or they'll be falling apart, or they'll need fixed, or they'll need repaired, or they belong to somebody else. Or you can choose to take some of that money, and instead of, uh, instead of living quite as nicely as you could right now, you can put it away for a later date and watch it grow, and, and you can have a little security in, in uh, your finances at least. Now, we're, we're never guaranteed security all the way around. I might not make it to retirement. I hope that I do, but, but God could take me before I ever made it. So there's never any ultimate guarantees, but, but uh, to fail to plan is to plan to fail. We can't just wake up one day, you know what, uh, you can take out a loan for a car, you can take out a loan for a house, you can take out a loan for college uh, expenses, you can take out a loan for just about anything, but there's one thing you can't take out a loan for, and that's your retirement. You can't take a loan for that. And once you get to that point, it's kind of set in stone, you have what you have. And so he very much impressed upon me that I need to get my priorities straight right now so that down the future down down the road things will go well for me you can go work for a company i was uh in uh the the office with the boss the other morning and i was doing my thing prepping the uh the the station for uh, its its daily routines Uh, correcting the addresses and getting everything, all the scanners and everything set up and ready to go for when the rest of the guys come in, you know, everything's ready to go. And I overheard him take a phone call and he was telling this uh, new employee that's been with us about three months, he said, well, you're making an awful habit about calling in sick. He said, you know, we do have a policy on that. What was he telling him in so many words? He said, you need to get your priorities straight if you're going to work here. If you're going to continue to work at this location for this company, you've got to have some priorities in place in your life. Just about anything in this life that you'll ever be successful at will demand that you set some things as priorities in your life. If you're going to be a good husband, you've got to make your wife a priority, gentlemen. If you're going to be a good wife, you might want to find out what your husband likes as his favorite meal. And every once in a while, surprise him with his favorite meal. Uh, if, if you're going to be a good parent, you know, and you, maybe you didn't have a good parent growing up. My, my father didn't have a father uh, after the age of seven. He, he did not have his father. Uh, and so, you know, for him to be a great father that he was to me showed that he made me a priority in his life. When he had children, you know, it took a little while. My mom tells me the stories about, you know, how uh, in the the very beginning we were living up in Rockford, northern Illinois, and my mom tells a story about how my dad, he got married at a very young age, and so there was a little bit of maturity that needed to take place, and, and my mom had to straighten him out on a couple of things. He wanted to get his pilot's license, and so he was going and taking his lessons flying airplanes, and we were eating oatmeal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My mom let him know that, hey, if this is going to work, you know, it's one thing when it was just you and me and I didn't mind, you know, she didn't, she didn't mind living where they were living and moving up to Rockford for that job. She said, now you got a little boy that you got to take care of and, and I can handle oatmeal three times a day, but I'm not going to sit here and make him eat oatmeal three times a day. You better check your priorities. And my father was wise enough to come to the understanding that if he wanted to keep his lovely wife and his brand new little uh, bouncing boy, that he was going to have to Changed some of his priorities. Yes. He wound up becoming a great father, a great husband. Why? Because he got his priorities lined out. Yesterday at, at work, um, I went in, it, it started off rough. I, uh, I don't get much sleep Wednesday night, don't get much sleep Thursday night. Uh, Friday, I went from four o'clock in the morning till it was after midnight. By the time I got home, we had a youth rally that we went to and what a phenomenal youth rally. We are so blessed to have Brother Bryce Jones as our sectional youth director. Uh, Amazing. And then we had the president, uh, our Illinois District Youth President, Brother David Brown, preaching. Three got the baptism of the Holy Ghost Friday night. Four, Four healings took place in the youth service Friday night. It was amazing, and it's worth going. It's worth putting the effort for me to be there. I want to be there, to be a part of that, to uh, watch our young people be involved. I saw our young people worshiping and, and praising God and being touched, and, and it, it was a priority for me. But but Saturday morning is also a priority, get up and go to work. <laughs> and so I got up, and uh, we got home late Friday night, uh, and uh, uh, went to the house, and I had my clothes all laid out and everything. There's just one thing that that I missed, and that was my car keys. So Saturday morning I get up, and and I'm running around, I'm dressed, I'm ready to go. I woke up late because I hit snooze so many times that it it said, I'm done. I'm done reminding you, if you haven't gotten it by now, you're never going to get it. So like, I've told you seven times, get up. You know, I'm not telling you an eighth time. Even my alarm clock has priorities. And so my wife can always tell because I get out of bed in a panic, man. The, the, the covers go off and I fly out of bed and I'm whipping on clothes like a ninja, you know, everything's going on. She's like, you're running late. I said, what made you, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm running late. And of course it's when you're running late that you can't find something. And so I, I, I got to work uh, just one minute late after it's all said and done, made it made it to work you know relatively on time. And I'm I'm rushing around and I'm thinking, oh, I hope I hope this day calms down. Typically, my route is very manageable on a Saturday, but I get over there and and the uh, I, every every place that you got uh, that you work any any place you always have that one person that loves to tell the bad news. You know, <laughs> mine doesn't even wait till I get there. He texts me. I'm not even clocked in yet. I don't want to hear it. So I, I'm I, I'm on my way to, to work and I'm already getting a text of how blown away that, that my route is, you know. And I run a very extended route on Saturdays, drive a lot of miles. And, and so once it fills up a route, then it begins a new route. And supposed to, if it builds up to enough to make another route, you're supposed to have another driver take the other route but no 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 I did uh route 199 I did and route 299 and they threw route 198 on top of me as well and so I'm out there and I am just I'm just going as fast as I can and the way that I always run I've been doing this for a long time I'm very efficient I like to set things up. I like to run it as as efficiently as possible. I don't like to backtrack. I don't like to come back for anything. So, I found out about an, uh, maybe an hour into my route there was absolutely no way that I was going to be able to get everything done on its the time that it, by the time it was committed. So, I had to stop and do something that I don't typically Uh, do and I especially don't like to do it I had to go back there and find some of the stops that did not have a noon commitment time they weren't due until 4 30 I had to pull them out and set them aside even though I was driving basically right past them and it would have been more efficient to hit them on my way through I had to take them and I had to 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 put them aside and and deliver them later and I was already busy later so I was just kind of robbing Peter to, to pay Paul here at this point and for me to drive past a spot that I know I'm close to, it's like torture for me. You might as well, you know, pull out the bamboo shoots for my fingernails or something. I can't hardly stand to, to drive past a place knowing that I'm going to have to come back to it later. Flog me. Just don't make me break my routine. I've got a, I've got a, a method and it works. I've got a priority to get done as efficiently as possible, to wrap things up and go home. Somebody said the other day, uh, they came in, it was the same guy that the bearer of bad news, he came in, sat down in the office, and he says, uh, You need to start, Doug, 10 minutes earlier. And the boss said, Yeah, that's fine, Doug, you probably ought to start 10 minutes earlier. He said, There you go, I just got you an extra 10 minutes on the clock. I said, When have you ever heard it said that Doug Rice wants more time on the clock? (laughs) He's like, oh. I said, don't do me any favors. I said, don't do me any favors here. As a matter of fact, what you have done, I said, I am barely getting off the clock in time so I don't have to take a 30 minute break. And then you have to work an hour after your break. So I said, what you've actually done by doing this has caused me to stay on the clock, not just an extra 10 minutes, but an extra hour and a half. Thank you very little. I said, just stay out. Just stay out. Let me handle this. I got this. We're good. So my priority was to get off the clock and, 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 and now here I am, uh, uh, I'm looking at, at packages and, and I'm pulling some things out. And, and so uh, what my point that I'm trying to make is is that there came a higher priority. Oftentimes our routines take so much precedent that it's hard for us to break out of our routines. Yeah. We come to God sometimes, and we have our routines already in place. And all of a sudden, God comes in, and, and he just tries to rearrange some things. And it's hard for us to allow our, re- our routines to be broken and stop and give God a little time in our life. But God says, listen to me. There has to be a higher priority than your agenda. I brought you to a place and to a time. I've saved your soul. I've bled and died for you. I've given you the chance at eternal life you must put me first if you are going to survive this thing called life and live a life that is pleasing to me. Yes. We must seek Him first. We need Jesus to be at the front of our life leading the way in everything that we do. He can't be an afterthought. He won't be an afterthought. He said, I won't let you put any other thing uh, before me. I'm not going to let you place any other idols before me. I must be at the front of your life because if I'm not at the front, I won't be in any other part of your life. We have to put Him first. We have to seek Him first and then everything else will fall into place. that's the problem we're trying to fix things and we got it all upside down well if i can just get to this if i can just acquire this if i can just make this amount of money or have this job it'll bring the satisfaction i'll be able to get the new home only to find that when we get there my father used to say i thought that i needed things i thought that i had to have these things only to find out and realize that i didn't have them they had me there's nothing wrong with you having a, a nice home to live in. There's nothing wrong with you driving a nice car. I, I pray that you all do. The, the, the deal is that it has to have its proper place in your life, and it doesn't come before God. It comes underneath God. As a matter of fact, God said, if you'll put me in my priority uh, place in your life, if you'll prioritize your life and put me at the top, I'll make sure that all these other things come to you. You'll be able to find the blessings of the Lord uh, in your life, but he can't bless something that goes against his word. Matthew wrote what Jesus said that day. He said, no man can serve two masters. Men have tried, but there always comes a time, always comes a time when you have to choose between who you will serve because these two masters are pitted against each other and only one. There's only one that can have total rule. See, what happens is eventually a resentment will build towards one or the other. And it's typically, if you choose mammon, the resentment will be built towards God. We start looking at coming to church as a burden. We start look at paying tithes as being uh, cutting into something that we want. We start looking at, at uh, giving time and our talents to God as, as being something that is an aggravation instead of a blessing. And it builds up a resentment. But when we put God first, when we put Him first, it, it's really a strange thing because you don't have nearly the reason. It's not a resentment against material things. It's simply that it doesn't matter to you whether you ever have those things or not, because you have the ultimate thing in your life, which is God. And God can only bring true peace and true happiness. Jesus began to say some things here at this point, and it almost seems as if he's given us a license to be lazy. I've even heard a few folks uh, start talking about these scriptures here. Well, you know... um, the Lord said, "You know, look at the flowers of the field. They don't. They don't toil. They don't worry. You know, and and look at the. He takes care of all the birds. And you know, what should? Why should you worry about what you eat or what you wear? You know. So I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. There are just too many scriptures in the Bible that declare what God thinks about people who are lazy. No, the point." Here is that we get so caught up in getting more stuff that we sacrifice the simple beauties of life that God has provided for us to enjoy. Have you ever seen those people that are so, so busy and I have to watch it for myself sometimes because there's a lot of irons in in my fire. There's a lot of things that are going on that, that, that cause me to just just constantly be driven to have to stay focused to even stay on track. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with being busy and being efficient and being effective. I want the Lord to use me in those kind of ways. I want to be productive. I, I want to live a life that, that matters. I want to be able to, at the end of my life, look back and say, look what the Lord has done. You know, see, see things be produced. I don't believe it's God's will that we just sit around and expect to have everything handed to us or God to just bless us when we're not trying our best. He wants us to be productive and and live for Him. But I don't want to get so busy that I miss the simple things in life that God has planned and prepared for us. The old saying is true, you know, take time to stop and smell the flowers every once in a while. There comes a point in time where you may try to reach me on the cell phone and and I may have it turned off because I'm just trying to, to go an hour without having the phone ring. So, I can sit and focus on my family that's sitting around a dinner table, or be with my wife for, for a few hours uh, out, uh, run around St. Louis someplace, or just even just sitting in a restaurant right here in town, just to, to, to regroup or refocus and refocus and stop and thank God for the blessings in my life. God has given us so much. Sometimes we serve the wrong master when we're so stressed out about life that we miss the beautiful smile on the face of a child. We no longer see the wonder of nature in a field of purple wildflowers. It's when our peace gets stripped away and our joy gets buried beneath work overload we worry about things that may never happen when we should trust in the one who already has our tomorrow in his hands life is stressful i think we can all say amen to that right. even if you're not overloaded there's there's so many things that just bombard you my my mother uh uh she she's she gets all this mail and i'll go into her house and and she's scared to death to, th- to throw anything away. you know I'm like, "Mom, that's a flyer for a coupon down at Hardy's Pitch it, you know, <laughs> unless you want to go to Hardy's, you know uh, but But she looks at everything and and it's kind of overwhelming to her, you know um, the, the the stuff that comes in, and uh, a lot of it's just junk mail and and uh, but she's scared that it might be, possibly could be something important. And, and so I'll come through, and a lot of times I'll go get her mail, and I don't know. I may be breaking state laws, maybe, and, and maybe in trouble by even saying this. But yeah, I'll, I'll go through her mail for her. Important, important. Okay, junk, 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 junk. And mom says, "I get any mail?" Yeah, you got two things. I don't tell her the rest of it's in the trash. <laughs> but we treat our lives like that sometimes. We get so hung up in the junk. We get so bogged down reading and worrying about things that just need to go in the trash can. Get them out of your mind, out of your hair. Don't let them stack up and pile up. You know you're never going to touch that pile of stuff anyway. It's just going to sit there until somebody comes through and says, Goodbye. Some of us need to do that with our life. We need to take everything that is junk in it and pile it up in a pile and go toss it into the trash can and say goodbye. We get to the place where we're driven by the master we've chosen to serve instead of being led by the master who chose to serve us. I know that uh, not everybody here today is in need of this lesson. We got a lot of great people in this church. A A lot of you folks got you got your act together, your life is in order. You know, one of the most mature feelings I ever felt in my entire life was when me and my wife went down. Uh, to the local place here in town, had our will all drawn up and everything put in place. And and the guy told me something. I have felt great about this ever since. He said, if something, God forbid, would happen to you and your wife both at the same time, he said, all you've got to tell your kids, he said, you go home and tell them this right now, come see me. I've got it all laid out. I thought, wow. What a great feeling that was to have to have that plan put in place so that if something were to happen to us and I'm not, I'm not looking to, to fall off a bridge someplace I don't plan on something happening but, but I tell you what, I care enough about my kids to, to make sure that they don't have to deal with a bunch of things that I have seen other people have to deal with. In a group this size there's probably somebody here that's relating to this today. It may feel like you have that desperate feeling of being trapped. You don't know what to do. Everything's piled up. You're scared to toss it away because you think something in there might be important. This message can be your salvation for your life today. Where do we start? Here's what I like to do I like to make a list. You know, lists are very liberating. You write down a list, my wife is good at this. And there's something about a, having a list in front of you for, for the days that, that's going on. And I, I get it, I know. There's always an exception. Something can happen. And you're one phone, phone call away from everything on that list. Being, that sometimes changes the priority. I get that. But when you have a plan... There's something about having it right there in front of you where you can begin to check those items off that just makes you feel so great that at the end of the day you can look back and see everything that you have accomplished. You know what happens to me when I don't have a plan, when I don't have a list? I'll think about everything all day long as I'm, as, as I'm at work. And then when I get home, if I haven't written it down, I get home and I can't think of a th- single thing that I was supposed to do. I don't know if that's just a safety valve going off in my head. You're worn, off, ta- worn out Take a nap or, or if it's just me not really wanting to do it. But if I have a list, it's almost like a challenge staring me in the face. I wonder how much of this I can get done today. Make yourself a list of the things that are important to you in your life. Put everything on that, on that list. Your children. Time spent with your children, uh, your grandchildren. Oh man, that's even better than kids. You know, uh, the kids can stay home. Just drop the grandbabies off. You know, and, and uh, you gotta have some time for the for the kids. Gotta have some time for the grandchildren. Gotta have a home life. Gotta have a church life. There's gotta be a spot in there for prayer time. There's gotta be uh, some Bible reading. There's, you you gotta eat. So you gotta go grocery shopping sometime during the course of the week, right? I mean, th- there are things that you have to do. And when you begin to write yourself out a list of all those those things that you need to do, and you go through that list, I want you to begin to prioritize what's on the list. And if God is not at the top of that list, you need to reprioritize and put Him at the top of that list. Because you'll look at that list and it'll seem overwhelming at times, but I promise you this, if you can just begin to give yourself a few weeks of putting God at the focal point of that list, if you can put him first uh, uh, before everything else, I I promise you this, it may take him a few few weeks to work out some of the kinks. It may take him a few weeks to get you in a different pattern and a different state of mind, mind. but if you'll give it several weeks, you'll watch how your life begins to come into order because it is a principle that Jesus himself gave to us. Yes, He will back his word if we'll trust in him long enough for him to work out the details. Well, I prayed this morning and uh, my day still fell apart. Well, you've been messing up for 20 some years. You think God's going to fix it in 20 hours? Give Him a little time. I know He's God, but even God takes a little time to get us straightened out and organized. He's got to uh, get us uh, some things into place. Give Him a little bit of time. Start some new habits. You've seen this up here. I've used this illustration years ago, and I thought, "I, I really that's why I've run so late today. This hit me, and I thought, I've got to do this. There's a story about a teacher that came into class, and he had this big jar, and he said, you know... He said, I I," just started taking the golf balls and began dropping them into the jar. The jar began to fill up with the golf balls, and he put it in there until all the golf balls were in. Then he lifted up the jar, and he said, would you say that this jar is full? And everybody, of course, said, well, yes, it's full. That jar is full. So he then proceeded to grab something else and began to pour it in. Slowly it began to make a mess. Began to fill in between where the golf balls were at. He said, okay. He said, now is it full? And he said, they said, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's even more full now. So he took out some sand. He began to dump the sand into the jar. The sand went down in between the golf balls and the other little stones. They began to fill in everything that was not already filled. Once again, he picked up the jar and he said, Now, let me ask you. He says, Is the jar full? And the student said, Yes, it is. He proceeded to say, This jar represents your life. This is your life. And each of the different items I represented, he said, The golf balls are the big things. Golf balls, it's your relationship with God. The golf balls are your children, your family, your church the great big important things the the things that if you didn't have anything else in your life your life would still be considered to be full he said the the beans he said that represents some things that are smaller your car where you're going to live where you're going to go to school your job things that that matter to, into this life but but they're not as important as as the big things, but they still make your life even more full. And he said, in the sand, the little small things represent all the little things that really just don't matter that much in your life, just the, the little things that take up our time, the little things that take up our attention, the little things that we get caught up in with in, in within our life, and at the end of the day, it really just doesn't matter that much. Where are you going to have supper or just any other thing, that, just a small thing that by this time next week it will be totally forgotten. He said, here's the deal. He said, if you put the, the small things in first, if you would have put the sand in first and then, and then the beans and then the golf balls, there would be, you would not have nearly enough room. There would be a lot of the big things that you would not have time, not, not have room for if you put the small things in first. He said, but it's only when you put the, the big things in your life at the, in first that everything else can sift down and find in. If you didn't have time for a lot of this little stuff, uh, your life is not going to make that much difference with it anyway. It's not going to be anything that is life-changing. But he said, you, you've you got to have these things in your life. You cannot let the small things crowd out the big things. We can't let the little things of life or material things or medium things crowd out God in our life. We must have him in our life. He must fill us. Our life is not full with without Him. Got to have God. But God has no room for Himself in our life if we fill it up with all the small things and then say, okay, God, I'll let you have whatever's left. We'll find that there's not enough room in our day for prayer. There's not enough room in our day for sitting down to read our Bible. There's not enough room in in the day to think upon the things of God. The student said, okay, we get all that, but what's a cup of coffee for? He said, well, the cup of coffee is just to remind us that no matter how busy life gets, there's always room for a cup of coffee with a friend. (laughs) I simply want to tell you today, as our music comes, that God will not play second fiddle to anybody else. When I began to date the, the little brunette over there, there was another guy that, that liked her. I was nervous. And he was a bass guitar player. He had cool hair. I mean, I was trying to make my hair cool like his, but I thought, I don't, I don't stand a chance. First name was Mike. That's even a cool name. Doug is not a cool name. Doug, past tense of dig. I mean. (laughs) I was worried. But I knew in my heart that I wasn't going to compete with this guy. If she showed him any interest, I'm just gonna back out. Now, if I can't be the man in your life, I don't wanna be a man in your life. See, I didn't know the classy woman that that I was beginning to date. I didn't know, I didn't know really enough about her to know what she would choose. Had I been her, I'd have chose him. He was more talented. He, he lived closer. He, he drove a nicer car. You know, he was better looking. All these different things. I just thought I, you know, I, I began to look at. But but she, you know what? She told me the second time after the very first date. She told me. She said, I, I turned him down. He called and asked to go out with me, and I turned him down. She said, I don't want. I, I don't want to date him. I want to date you. Thirty-three years later, we're still dating. I mean, we got married since, but we're still dating. Because there's something about when you put somebody at the top of your priority list. There's a commitment that goes along with that that is powerful, and it's a two-way street. And that's why God. That's why God says, if you will put me first then I'll be, I'll add things to your life that you will otherwise never be able to see, you'll never be able to receive. You put me first and I promise you, your life will not be lesser, it'll be greater. And I've spent 33 years trying to make this woman's life great, trying to be a good husband, trying to prove to her in my own mind, not in hers, I mean, it's too late, she's stuck with me now. But in my own mind that I want her to never think I made the wrong choice. I don't ever want her to doubt the loyalty, the commitment, where she stands in my mind at the top of the list.